Welcome, everyone, to the Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Todd Graffinini along with my partner, John DeShazer. It is the Monday edition as after a day off yesterday, the New Orleans Saints back at work this morning, J.D., inside, uh, close to the public, padded practice. But we were talking about it just watching without question the most physical practice we have seen so far of the 10. Defense seemed a little bit chippy, Graff. And if I'm offense um, tomorrow, I feel some type of weight because the offensive guys, you know, you're expecting thuds, you're expecting guys to hold you up. And a lot of guys ended up on the ground and a lot of guys ended up on the ground in kind of tackle mode. So I'm sure the offensive guys will be a little bit more chippy on Tuesday. I don't know if it's going to be shells and, and shorts or not, but the next time they're in pads, the offensive guys, I would imagine, are going to be a little bit more aggressive. What do you think the reason was? Was it the day off yesterday? Was, or are they just tired of are going up against each other? Could that be it? B. I think they're just sick of seeing each other. And, and defensive guys, you know, you're conditioned to hit. You're conditioned to be aggressive. And you've had these pads on for several days. Uh, you see these offensive guys. You see them making plays. And you're like, you know what, I just can't wait to lay my hands on somebody. And so, you know, football players are conditioned to play football. So they got a chance today, and they were chippy about it. All right, we saw seven on seven. We saw a lot of red zone. You know, we heard Sean Payton talk about it on Saturday after – uh, after, after practice that they were going to continue the red zone install. We did see that again today, and I thought Jameis Winston had a pretty good day. I thought he looked fantastic. And, and you notice it, it, you had that ebb and flow. I think on Saturday the defense probably had the advantage in the red zone, and this time the offense had the advantage. You saw some nice runs, some good gashes. And, again, as you mentioned, Jameis Winston really outstanding in that red zone drill. Well, see, here's the theme of camp, and this is why no quarterback has really taken that extra step. No quarterback to this point has had two really good consecutive days of practice. So I would think tomorrow when we get back out here, the onus is on Winston to try to keep that advantage. It just hasn't happened yet. Ding, ding, ding. That's it. I mean, that's the answer, folks. You're looking for that consistency, and you haven't had it out of either one of these quarterbacks. And that's what's going to go a long way toward determining who's going to be the starter. Now, maybe they get into the preseason games, they get lights out, but you want to see that consistency in practice, and neither has established it. I think now, too, we've got a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel with, with those guys in there uh, with practice because they can see another team at the end of this week in the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they got to be getting excited. The juices have got to be flowing because there are so many new things going on with this team right now, whether it's the quarterback, whether or not it's the other cornerback, whether it's you know some defensive line positions. There are a lot of unknowns on this team right now, and so they're really excited. they got to be about, one, playing a game, two, finally seeing somebody else instead of each other. All right, that is John DeShazer. You can read his stuff, obviously, every single day at NewOrleansSaints.com with practice updates and features as well. As we continue on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, I sat down with NFL Network's Jane Slater. Here's that interview. Welcome to New Orleans. I know you uh, have been down here many times before. This is a bit of an unusual, though, situation because it's the first time in 16 years that Drew Brees is not the quarterback. Well, and my lasting memory of that was covering Brees Brady, you know, seeing him on the football field, that lingering look back in the stadium. And I've got to be honest with you, I think it was very clear for Coach Payton and this staff that Drew Brees wasn't coming back. But I wasn't going to be surprised if he did. Just to have a season with the fans to say goodbye, it didn't feel like the right or proper ending for Drew given the way that the season ended and not to have the fans send off. Now, it's my understanding at some point they'll do a send-off of sorts for him. 
but I almost felt like he deserved better. You know, I, I really hadn't thought about that in a while, but we did think about it last year, Jane, and you're exactly right. And the thing about last season, why it was just so tough for everybody involved without the fans was because last year, you could have argued it was the greatest home schedule in the history of the New Orleans Saints. The games that we had in the Superdome were unbelievable matchups, and nobody got to watch them. Well, and I loved the Alvin Kamara six-touchdown Christmas game, so I was here for that one. And to see him do that and not to have the crowd there, and then seeing Justin Jefferson here, of course, you know, making his comeback, an LSU product with the Vikings. So it was unfortunate not to be able to see the fans. In fact, I actually had brought my boyfriend to his first New Orleans Saints game uh, here at the Mercedes Superdome, and I felt like he didn't truly get the experience of being in the dome, especially in a playoff atmosphere. So that was unfortunate, but hopefully we'll be able to get him back here this year and, and looking forward to seeing who will be under center now that it's not Drew Brees. That is the, uh, the pressing question as we've now nine days through camp. And, uh, you know, it, I guess no one's really – Taking the taking the reins, so to speak, but no one's played bad enough where the other one has separated. It's really been a 50-50 matchup to this point, which is a a good thing, right? Like that's not something that that you're not celebrating. The good news is it seems like Coach Payton truly believes his quarterback is on this roster right now. And look, I think that Jameis Winston, even though I think the last time we saw him, you know, as the franchise guy, he had 30 interceptions in Tampa Bay. I think being able to see his development is the thing that I've been hearing the most coming from inside the building is the work that he puts in before and after practice, the work that he did in the offseason. That they like to look here in New Orleans is not how you got here. I mean, look at Jeremy Shockey. Uh, a lot of people said that he wouldn't be a good fit here. And, and I think what I like about the New Orleans Saints is it's, it's sort of like the rehab center for players and their images. Uh, by all accounts, Jameis Winston has proven to be a good teammate. He's put in, he's put in the work. and. Coach Payton felt so loyal to him, and I think they had a gentleman's agreement last season. Taysom's going to start in these games, but I've got my eye on you the way that you've handled yourself, and I'm going to give you guys both this opportunity to prove. And it's my understanding they're taking everything into account, from everything they've put on tape, uh, Jameis before he got here, Jameis in the games that he was here, Taysom Hill, but that the preseason is really going to be the true eyeball test for them. I still find it hard to believe, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I mean, look, Jameis Winston is your true pocket passer. He's got a great deep ball. They like his command uh, in the pocket. And then Taysom Hill still gives you that element of surprise. What's he going to look like if he's your full-time starter? Why take away that? So I, I tend to lean that it's going to be it's Jameis Winston's job to lose, but we'll see. Tremendous segue, Jane Slater, from the NFL Network, because these preseason games to me, and there's only three of them this year, they're going to be fascinating. You usually, all right, well, let's play – this guy is serious, let's hold everybody. I don't think that Sean Payne's gonna have that luxury this preseason. He's gotta find out who is going to not only play quarterback, but there are a lot of other positions up for grabs. Well, and I also think, you know, they didn't have a mini camp in an OTAs that the other teams traditionally are OTAs for that matter. And so you didn't get to have some extra eyeballs for that. So I do think that preseason, at least for Saints fans, is gonna be meaningful, right? I think the other uh, position that we're at least talking about on NFL Network is quarterback but cornerback so when we switch to the other side uh, of the of the ball I think they've got a lot of questions who's going to be playing opposite Marshawn Lattimore and, and something I'll be bringing up is we talked about this all offseason leading up to the draft they didn't you know identify their corner position leading up uh, to free agency didn't identify the cornerback position I'm not sure if that guy is on the roster right now I know Robinson uh, what Paulson Adebo 
Uh, Crawley, Crawley. Yep, they're all getting reps in. Uh, but I don't know if anything is flashed yet. So, again, preseason is going to be huge for guys like them. I think that's a great point because, again, they continue to bring guys in. They brought Prince of Mukamara in last week, Kavari Russell. So, I'm going to have to agree with you. It's it's a position that is still very much in flux and a very important position at that because, again, we just still don't know what's going to happen with Marshawn Lattimore down the road. Well, and I also love that you brought up guys like Prince of Mukamara and then let's you know also talk about Devontae Freeman. It's sort of becoming the wayward school for NFC players. <laughs> and so when you're done in the NFC, you, you sort of come here. And so I do like some of the, the free agents that they've brought in, especially when Mickey Loomis has had to get creative. Uh, with the pieces that they've brought in, given their salary cap situation. I, I'm sort of used to that in Dallas, salary cap hell, and how they get very creative with it. But, yeah, we'll see how some of these guys flush out. I, I do think that, you know, even my crew was talking that the, the crowd has not been a typical Saints crowd. There are a lot of Saints fans in Dallas within my own friend base, and they're always asking me, how does the team look? Well, this is my first time actually putting eyeballs on them. So I don't know the answer to that question either, but I do think it starts with the quarterback, and once they identify that, we can go from there. But I think there's still a lot of questions on this roster. Yeah, and uh, if it makes you feel any better, there's a lot of people locally that watch the team every day that still has no idea what's going to happen. So. But I think that that's a good thing, and I do think that Coach welcomes the the challenge, right? You know, he's talked about Drew Brees has come back up here to the facility and they've been able to bounce off what he thinks about some of the players and not having that anymore. You at least knew what you were getting with Drew. I, I think that there's some element the offense is going to change with whoever the quarterback is going to be. And the offense is going to change whether it's Jameis or Taysom because they're such different quarterbacks. And so I've got to think for a guy that, you know, has has heard so much talk about Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, all these other guys becoming young wizards at offense – maybe he's excited about the challenge of proving that maybe he still has it. No, it's a great point because I think, again, just watching Sean Payton his entire career in New Orleans, he is best when the Saints are underdogs and they are challenged. And people forget, I mean, the Saints have won the division four straight years. Um, I think that's kind of gone by the wayside, but obviously they're not being picked to win the division this year. And I think that's when Sean Payton's at his best. Well, and we certainly saw that last year. I mean, think about it when they started Taysom and everyone's like, well, why aren't you starting Jameis? And I think what was their record? I wrote this down. Without Drew Brees in the last two seasons, they're 8-1. and one. Not bad the last two years. So, you know, I do think that he, you know, to your point, I think he thrives under challenge. He likes having a chip on his shoulder. I just think he's built that way. And I think that's the way the Saints are built. And so, you know, I, I love the fact that they brought in a guy that a lot of people had written off and that, Jameis has sort of flourished here and, and I see that with a lot of guys that come into this locker room and I think a lot of that starts with the culture here you know they've tried to establish this even in Dallas you don't want the coach to, to lead the team anymore you want the players to and I think they've got a lot of that on defense and I think given the fact that these guys had time with Drew Brees in that quarterback's room he sort of set a precedent of this is how we do things and that and his legacy is that. One more before we let you go and you mentioned Dallas that's where you're based out of uh is it full-blown panic mode now that uh, Dak's uh, out with that shoulder? I mean, what, what's going on with the Cowboys? I will tell you, I, I think all of us were thinking that he was going to have limitations to the ankle. The ankle has not held him back. In fact, he's been full bore at practice, uh, not utilizing the ankle. But the shoulder thing sort of came out of nowhere. They've been deliberately vague about how it happened. Then we hear Jay Glazer uh, go on you know, Fox the other night in front of the Hall of Fame game. So this is more of a baseball injury and they consulted the Texas Rangers on it. I've reached out to some of my Ranger contacts and said, so what does this mean? They said, well, in some cases it can cost a pitcher a season. In other cases, it's a cortisone shot. So we're talking about a wide range of what ifs. And so 
if you haven't heard me talk about it a lot, or a lot of people talk about it a lot, it's because we don't know what to think of it. They're playing this one very close to the vest. I will just tell you that Dak Prescott, I've covered him since I started the network back in 2016. He's not a player I bet against. So if, and even on the day that it happened, we were delayed in getting our interview with him for pre-scheduled interviews, but he was still out there. It wasn't iced up, it wasn't falling off. We've seen him literally going through all the individual drills, the quarterback drills, and then he just uses that left hand to throw the ball back, his non-throwing shoulder. So hard to say. Jane Slater, NFL Network, thank you so much for your time and uh, safe travels back and we'll see you down the road. Always love seeing you guys in Metairie. That is Jane Slater of the NFL Network. So that's going to wrap it up for this version of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We will see you on Wednesday with another edition.